Good evening, and welcome to the beautiful historical marionette theater. Tonight, we're returning to the glory days of my childhood with a kids' variety show that introduced us to the likes of up-and-coming artists such as Martika, Fergie, and Jennifer Love Hewitt. There were jean jackets, trendy sneakers, and songs about life lessons. It started off in syndication, then got picked up by the Mouse House before the reruns were popular. Please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Evening, Mr. Smelly. It's the beginning of a new month. I don't know how that's possible, but it's true. It's February, as you said, and uh, I, 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 it must be true because the groundhog uh, coughed up a phlegm or something or whatever, whatever he does. And I guess, I guess it was for a, a shorter winter. I think, right? That's what I hear. Now, the, the um, more entertaining part of that is that I, when I was at work and it was my week in the office, I said to my boss, who um, is the youngest person I've ever worked for, by the way. So sometimes when I make references to some of these things that we have we talk about, I have to take a step back and think, oh, wait, that came out on VHS. They probably haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But I said to her, you know, the one good thing about Groundhog Day is that for a whole nother year, I don't have to watch another Bill Murray movie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm going to this is this is embarrassing, but I'm going to say it. Can you believe I've never seen Groundhog Day? See, the funny thing is, is that everybody else in the cast makes up for being a Bill Murray movie, especially Andy McDowell. She is very charming in it. And um, there are just a a plethora of scenes where Bill Murray's character tries to off himself because he's stuck basically in this looping reality. And one of the best scenes of this movie, I mean, people, it's. 20 plus years old now so uh it's not really a spoiler but uh he he decides he he's not going to be able to stop the looping of the reality so he's at this bed and breakfast and he has planted a big old wet one on the older lady that's running the the uh seating and then he takes the toaster from the buffet leaves the dining room a few moments later, the lights flicker. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, but yes, that's Groundhog Day, folks. So I didn't know it was. It got that dark. It got it dark. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. He, he even took the groundhog driving at one okay. point. But, uh, you know, aside from Groundhog's Day, the... The sweetheart stance is just around the corner. And, you know, some call it, um, what do they call it? Singles Appreciation Day or Singles uh, Recognition Day. I forget which the title I is. don't know. I call it more chocolate day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does go on sale or it used to shortly after. So, well, anyways, so we're at the beginning of February and supposedly... Winter will be over soon. And, um, you know, as you heard in the introduction here, we're going to be revisiting 1984. And I believe, Toppy, this may be the fourth or fifth time that we have visited in the way back there to that. Seems to me. Seems to me. Oh, and it's your agent. 
I don't know if I can afford those. Yes, this is probably our fourth or fifth visit to with a garage band aspired to greatness. Over the course of nine seasons, this young adult variety show introduced their audiences to the up-and-coming talents of such stars as Stacy Fergie Ferguson, Martika, and Jennifer Love Hewitt. So, grab a headband and some leg warmers. It's time for Kids Incorporated! Take it away, fellas. What do you get when you take a dash to the silver screen? A pinch of golden oldies? A smidgen of screaming. It's time for Matinee Minutia with your hosts, DJ and Toppy. Whitey. So it's 1984 all over again. And we're going to be discussing a young adults uh, show that uh, features a bit of talent and a bit of acting. And, well, it was the 80s, so of course there had to be a moral somewhere in there, right, Toppy? Yeah. So we had to learn things between commercials for breakfast cereal. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> we learned important things all the time. Now, there is something that we do to learn 
about uh, when this show came out, Toppy? Yeah, let's let's go back because you know what, 1984 is when I freaking graduated from college. <laughs> that's a damn long time ago, uh, and that's just when the show started. So, TJ, take us back in time, and I don't know, tell us what was going on in the world back in 1984. Oh, uh, well, in the way of Wayne's world, it's a memory. <laughs> okay. U.S. history in 1984. Oh, feels like we've been here before. <laughs> AT&T Bob L. Well, they got in trouble putting their hands in the cookie jar because, well, Congress said you have to go to your corner. They broke them up. Michael Jackson, the king of pop, won eight Grammy Awards in 1984. Was, was, can we say that was his biggest year ever? Because that was probably when, uh, you know, his spooky zombie oh, thriller. Song. Thriller. That's probably when Thriller came out. Absolutely. And in 84, the Soviet Union boycotted the Summer Olympics because it was going to be held in the capitalist country, America. It was going to be in the City of Angels, don't you know? Yeah, yeah. Speaking of angels, or maybe some that fell from grace, well, Vanessa Williams, she became the first Miss America to resign because, well, she took it off for penthouse. Yeah. Um, Why do I want to say she's passed? She hasn't passed, has she? No, no. She's still around there quite a bit. Okay. In fact, uh, I want to say that she was in a new series a little while ago, but I might be wrong about that. Anyways, in 84, Catherine D. Sullivan was the first American woman to complete a spacewalk. And then, of course, you get like the facts of life. You take the good and you take the bad. Well, Ronnie Reagan got another term in office. Oops. Yeah, that was his... uh... Yeah, that was when Nancy really took over because, well, Ronnie was just kind of, well, who knows when he started, you know, to have problems. I don't um, know. You know, a few people were happy about Reagan getting a second term. Among those was Nancy's astrologist. No, you're right. Uh, <laughs> uh who knows if it's true, but they say that Nancy consulted her a beloved astrologer that she really trusted and, for God's sake, uh, was maybe taking direction from an astrologer. I mean, the, the, the one good thing that they claim came out of the Reagan administration was that it had been probably— Jelly beans! Well, I hear that it was probably decades, like 25 years or more, since there had been a renovation of the interior of the White House. Mm-hmm. And apparently Nancy championed that chapter of history that the White House got updated. So okay. anyway, so there were a few people who came into this world in 1984 who are still making uh, a name for themselves today. Who were those celebrities born in 84, Toppy? All right, well, first off is Kate McKinnon. 
Uh, you know her from uh, Saturday Night Live. Then there's Mandy Moore. Uh, well, gosh, she's like, does everything. She's a singer, songwriter, actress. By the way, the voice of Rapunzel in Disney's Tangled. Then there's America Ferrara from Ugly Betty, don't you know? And then there's Gasp Choke. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg. DJ, did you catch any of the shit about Mark Zuckerberg this week? Um, the the things that I skimmed, I somehow, it was kind of like walking in on your parents in the bedroom as a kid, <laughs> because I saw a shirtless picture of Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> and apparently he works out, but the other part of that is that the uh, headline was that he has an unhealthy addiction to extreme sports. Okay. Well, that wasn't what I was thinking. Of, but, uh, 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 Congress, uh, I believe, uh-huh. uh, uh, had a whole bunch of uh, CEOs of of, uh, of uh, communication companies, from Twitter to to Tata and no TikTok and <laughs> and Facebook and everything else, and they were all up there. Um, getting a dress down. Mark Zuckerberg was one of them. And Mark Zuckerberg had this horribly awkward moment where some congressman was saying, do you, can you apologize to these people in the room? And they all held up photographs. This is a rather serious subject, but mm-hmm. you know, a, a lot of kids um, have basically committed suicide because of very negative um, experiences on social media and poor Mark Zuckerberg his lip quivering turned around and made this feeble apology to the parents of children who had killed themselves so not a anyways mm. the long and the short of it is not a great week for Mark Zuckerberg oh yeah I mean you know forget that whole thing I said about him shirtless cause uh, it might make you nauseous, but if you cover up the face, uh, you know, they, 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 they used to call those things a, a butter face, you know, um, yeah, yeah. But anyways, uh, he's married. So apparently he makes someone happy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't all that long ago and I want to say it was fewer than five years ago. I remember a very infamous incident in the news where, a young man who was possibly in college had a same-sex, uh, you know, uh, encounter in their dorm room, and their roommate recorded them non non consensually. I remembered that. Yep, I remember that. And uh, you know, it wasn't uh, th- that long afterwards that that uh, young man was no longer with us. But uh, yeah. Uh, Anyways, uh, I don't know. Worth. We're thinking about, you know, like, okay, I, I don't really know what to say, except I, I'm really glad I grew up before social media. Mm-hmm. There, I said it. I believe it. I think social media has complicated the lives of youths to a degree that it's it just ain't right. It just ain't right. Mm-hmm. Anyways, 
TJ, we should get back to this I, little show. Oh, I mean, you know, we've got child stars that probably uh, have seen yeah. it first nowadays. I mean, they yeah, can. These, these kids before. back then didn't have uh, any social media, so and they they got all just. Let's talk about the producers. DJ. Yeah, the people that made this show, who's responsible for this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, basically, we got two people. This was kind of a co-production. They were a team at this time, and it's Thomas W. Lynch and Gary Viller, and they were friends, and they worked together on some projects. But uh, Thomas Lynch was born in 56, and he created television shows and produced television shows and was the head of his own company called Thomas Lynch Company. And then when his friend Gary Biller came along, it was Lynch Biller Productions, and they were based in, L, uh, in L.A. So uh, uh, Lynch has created several hit teenage children's programs this seemed to be where he was he just fit in and did a lot of stuff in it was his niche uh teenage and children's programs so he did uh produce such things as the secret world of alex mack the journey of alan strange he did a drama series called caitlin's way for nickelodeon and another drama series called scout safari and that was for Discovery Kids. All over at TBS, Turner Broadcast, uh, he did a music video series called Night Tracks, as well as maybe his biggest hit. And I think the hit that kind of sort of launched Lynch and his partner, Biller. And that's our show tonight. Disney uh, Kids Incorporated. Uh, it didn't start out on the Disney Channel, but that's where it ended up. And uh, uh, by the 2000s, um, Lynch went on to executive produce the dramedy Skate, SK8, and the groundbreaking teen drama Just Deal for NBC's TNBC Saturday morning lineup. He did uh, produce the sitcoms 100 Deeds for Eddie McDowell and Romeo. He went on for Nickelodeon to do the drama South of Nowhere uh, for something called, something on Nickelodeon called Noggin's Nighttime Block. He did The End, which was a sci-fi series, Galador for YTV, and the animated musical series Class of 3000, for the Cartoon Network. So he did a lot of stuff. And uh, for a lot of uh, a lot of different shows, uh, pretty successful. And and I'd I'd still say Kids Incorporated is probably really his his, his best known best known stuff. Mm. Yeah, I was gonna say, um, if I remember right, there was also a spin-off channel it was created called Noggin. And while a lot of kids' programming tended to trend towards the entertainment factor, Noggin actually tried to be a little bit more educational. But, of course, they weren't PBS, so, you know, they might have had more money to spend. 
Okay, yeah. See, I've never even heard of Noggin, but uh, but once that upon, doesn't mean. Once upon a time, I worked for a uh, a TV service company, so <laughs> I had to I had to know what stations were in this package or that package. Okay. <laughs> well, that, that's uh, that's why you're a source of information for matinee minutia. Yeah. Uh, but DJ, tell us about one of the mainstays of uh, Kids Incorporated. She was kind of there from the beginning, and she was kind of there at the end. And that's Stacy Fergie Ferguson. Oh, the Duchess. It's Fergalicious, don't you know? Mm. Uh, so Fergie was born in Hacienda Heights. Sounds fancy, don't it? Uh, it's a part of California that's in the unincorporated part of Los Angeles County. So that means it's a little bit rural. You know, they're on the edge of town and uh, people probably are allowed to have animals like horse ranches. Uh, you know, ask Matt Burlingame. He grew up in California. He could probably tell you, although this is Southern California. But Fergie was a cheerleader when she was a little kiddo. And she was a straight-A student. She was a spelling bee champion. And she was a Girl Scout. Because, you know, it's cookie season, folks. Have you been asked for your money? Now, remember, folks... Girl Scouts are a inclusive, diverse, and supportive organization. So um, if you are asked to buy Girl Scout cookies, and maybe you are watching your figure, buy some anyways and give them to someone else, because that money is going to support young women who will grow up and maybe do doctors and lawyers, and it doesn't matter if they were born female or not. Everyone is welcome in Girl Scouts. So Fergie studied dance and began to do voiceover work as a child. And she provided the voice for Sally Brown, you know, the little bl uh, blonde girl in uh, two of the made-for-TV Peanuts cartoons. And that included its Flash Beagle, Charlie Brown, in 84, and Snoopy's Getting Married, Charlie Brown, in 85, as well as Four episodes of the Charlie Brown and Snoopy show from 84 to 89. Fergie starred on the TV show that's the topic of tonight's discussion, Kids Incorporated, and was the longest-running cast member. She appeared from 84 to, I believe, 89, and she starred in the first... Oh, yeah, she starred in the first six of the show's nine seasons. Fergie has been featured in 10 studio albums. Now, this included her solo career and two other bands. The first band that she was in with Renee Sands from Kids Incorporated was a band called Wild Orchid. They had two albums. And then she joined a band, an R&B band, uh, Rhythm and Blues, if you don't know, called the Black Eyed Peas. Now, they were already out there with a record contract of their own. She joined them for their third album and recorded four more with them. Wow. And uh, Fergie went out on her own. She released her solo debut in 2006 called The Duchess, which, of course, features the uh, the little song I, I um, quoted there at the beginning, Fergalicious. And uh, it's a fun little video because, well, it, she basically dresses like Willy Wonka and runs around with a big uh, candy sucker. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
when when you see Fergie on Kids and Carpet, she's just a little girl. Oh she's yeah, just a little teeny girl, like maybe ten or twelve at most. Yeah. And uh, the, uh, the her first solo album was The Duchess in 2006, and then in 2017 she piled this up with, of course, Double Duchess because mm-hmm. you know it's a sequel. Now, in her solo album, the first one, London Bridge was released as the album's lead single on July 18, 2006, to radio stations, and on August 7th on the iTunes store. Because way back then, folks, we were selling digital copies of music because people were playing CDs and They didn't want to have to carry them all. So what was the next best thing? Well, the iPod came out and wanted digital cops and things. So her uh, solo debut was available in the iTunes store. Now, the urban pop track caused controversy due to its double entendre title, which means it's got two meanings, folks. It could be dirty. Uh, But it became a huge success, topping the Billboard Hot 100 for three weeks and in New Zealand's charts, while also reaching the top 10 in over 12 countries. Music video for the song features... A member of the Black Eyed Peas, as well as Fergie on the Tower Bridge, among other scenes. Now, in December the following year, a uh, magazine called Blender picked Fergie as their Woman of the Year. And in 2007, the Black Eyed Peas embarked on the Black, Blue, and You World Tour and visited more than 20 countries. Fergie returned to acting in 2006, appearing as a lounge singer. Ah. If you didn't know this, she was ah. the Poseidon remake. I, I saw that, and at the time I saw it, I had no freaking clue who Fergie was, but anyway. Oh, well, of course, anyone who's seen the original, there's a, uh, a special story behind the lounge singer. She's one of the folks that climbs out to the bottom of the ship when it uh, tipped over. Anyways, so she later had supporting roles in uh, 2007's Grindhouse, which was a, a horror film, and the 2009 musical film Nine. Fergie and other members of the cast of Nine received a Screen Actors Guild Award for Outstanding Performance by a Cast in a Motion Picture and nomination for their performance in that film. On December 31st of 06, Fergie began hosting Dick Clark's New Year's Rock and Eves, because, of course, Dick was still with us at that time. On well, a- well, kind of. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was at the was end. Of his- he, was he really with us? I'm not uh, sure. No. Well, I mean, was Mickey Rooney still with us in the last <laughs> Uh, uh, but these were for uh, pre-taped Hollywood segments after the New Year ball came down in Times Square. And so they were segments, basically. They were inserts to the live stuff. But in 2008, Fergie signed a deal with a company called Brown Shoe to create license, a, well, her own licensed footwear brand. Now, oh, yeah, I'm wearing them right now. Yeah. Um, I, uh, and it was very kind of you to ask that bag lady before you hit her over the head. Um, <laughs> no, oh, that was Gertie's, uh, sister. That was, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Fergie was signed to Wilhelmina models from 2007 to 2011 through Wilhelmina. 
models. Oh, speaking of Vanessa Williams, that was her character on um, uh, Ugly Betty was Wilhelmina. Wilhelmina models. She worked with several brands such as D Squared, Calvin Klein, and Marchessa, which is probably an Italian brand. And uh, Fergie has graced the cover of numerous lifestyle and fashion magazines such as Marie Claire, Paper Harper's Bazaar, Cosmopolitan, Lucky, Clio, Elle, Glamour, Allure, Shape and, Shape and 17. She oh. has appeared in ad campaigns for Volley, for MAC Cosmetics, which is a... Uh, a diverse and uh, uh, supportive brand of the LGBTQ community. Viva Glam, CNA Mexico, and Candies, which I believe is a fragrance line. And Philip Pline, P-L-E-I-N. Fergie appeared in commercials for Casemate, Motorola, Pepsi, Hewlett Packard, Dr. Pepper, and Doritos. Yay! Oh, she's been around the block and... She's cashed in. In 2010, she became a spokesperson for Avon's hair care line, Advanced okay. Techniques, appearing in advertisements and commercials for the brand. So, that being said, folks, we are at about the halfway mark in our program this evening. And if you're listening in enjoyment, we have a short little interview with Brooklyn online for the actor. It's calling himself Ask Anything. So here's Fergie answering some questions from fans. Hey, what's up? It's your girl, Fergie. Uh, Thank you for sending in your Ask Anything questions. And Romeo, thanks for having me. Danica from Jagodina. Did you know you wanted to do music since you were a little kid? Yes, I did. Uh, I was on a series when I was younger called Kids Incorporated, which included some over-the-top acting, which is quite funny and amazing at the same time. And, uh, and we would do songs of the time. And we were these little kids just doing all these songs. And I developed a very eclectic taste in music it's just all over the map it's like a menudo for my ears (laughs) but but the answer is yes I did I did know that I wanted to do music uh and it was always just kind of that one dream so I am super lucky because lord knows what I'd be doing if that didn't work out Uh, Zana from Kiev Z-H-A-N-N-A probably saying it wrong apologize complete this sentence right now I'm obsessed with (laughs) I'm obsessed with athletic inspired fashion Uh, Because I've been dancing a lot now uh, in rehearsal for the video and and performances, I'm loving anything athletic inspired because it it just helps me move better. Um, Shoe-wise, it's easier to move in, easier to dance in. Uh, 
my Chanel boots in particular, which I've just been wearing to death. And, uh, yeah, you can be uh, comfortable and, and uh, chic at the same time. Also with psychedelia. I'm very obsessed with that right now. Psychedelic prints, psychedelic patterns, um, animation. Yeah. <laughs> Mary from Bern. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? I know I've always said this, but success is in the journey because there's so many times when you want to just fast forward and keep planning and planning and planning, at least I do. And uh, sometimes, you know, you're looking at the past and just reminiscing and all of that stuff, but it's just so important to stay in the present because it's a gift. Hey. <laughs> okay, we are back. <clears throat> uh, DJ, <clears throat> uh, that was nice. I, w- I want to say um, about Fergie, as we call her, that she's definitely become more and more beautiful as she's gotten older. Um, and I also want to say I-, I don't pretend to keep up with the young kids and their fame um, because, I'm, you know, I'm old <laughs> I'm old and I just don't care. But can we not say Fergie is still uh, talked about today? I, I feel like I see her and hear her name and see her name a lot. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been a few years since her last album, but that's not to say that she isn't working on the next one because it does take years for people to write original yeah. music. But I mean, she's still a thing today, right? Absolutely. And okay. you know, in the teaser last week, I, I associated with her with a, a soap opera star and unbeknownst to me, they've been divorced now for about five years. So you're, you're not the only one who's trying to catch up to the bus here, sir. <laughs> okay. Well, let's turn our attention to another little girl mm-hmm. who was part of kids incorporated and let's just say that her career didn't go quite as well as Fergie's. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Marta Marie, uh, Marrero, also known as how she rebranded herself as Martika. That's what she called herself, and that's what she preferred to be called. Uh, Martika was born in California. And her parents were of uh, were Cuban, of Canary Islands ancestry. She entered mainstream show business in an uncredited role as one of the girls in the 1982 motion picture Annie. So she was there somewhere in the background as part of the singing cast there. And uh, this uh, that gig in Annie led directly into her being cast uh, in Kids Incorporated. And uh, and uh, she, she on the second season that's uh, of, of Kids Incorporated, that's when she formally adopted her stage name, Martika. And 
and uh, she's used that ever since. Um, uh, she was featured in musical numbers from the Mr. T motivational video, Be Somebody or Be Somebody's Fool. Remember Mr. T? Oh, yeah. yeah. That, was in, that was in 1984. So following her role in Kids, Inc. and Be Somebody, Martika was signed by Columbia Records. A big win. And her first solo released... Uh, in only in Japan, it was called We Are Music, and it was t- uh, recorded to promote Sony cassette tapes <laughs> in the Japanese market. Well, you gotta start somewhere, kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, her first album, 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 sorry, was 1988's Martika, and uh, that spawned the song Toy Soldiers which she co-wrote with her producer, Michael J. And in the United States, or I'm sorry, the United Kingdom, Ireland, Germany, and Australia, it was a big hit, a big top five hit. In the U.S., Toy Soldiers spent two weeks at number one in 1989. Uh, in New Zealand, on the other hand, it went to straight to number one. Uh, from that album, two additional singles also went to the top 40 in the U.S. More Than You Know uh, was number 18, and I Feel the Earth Move, that was number 24. And that last one, I Feel the Earth Move, was a cover of Carol King's song from her album, Tapestry. Both of these songs also hit the top 20 on the U.S. dance charts and the U.K. singles chart. I Feel the Earth Move also reached the top 10 in Australia, New Zealand, and Ireland. So we're talking about kind of a big international hit. Uh, As a matter of fact, uh, the album went on to be certified platinum in the UK in 1990 and double platinum in Australia. Fun fact, Martika was encouraged by her agent to combine her love of film and music by scoring soundtracks. And in 1990, she wrote and recorded the song Blue Eyes Are Sensitive to the Light. You won't believe this, but that was part of the soundtrack to a movie called Arachnophobia. Oh, with John Goodman. Yeah. And the thing is, now she wrote, she wrote that song and she recorded a version of it, but the producers... Um, kind of didn't like her vocals. So the song was re-recorded by Sarah Hickman for the film. But apparently, yeah, she wrote a song for arachnophobia. So there, in 1991, Martika approached Prince to do some new tracks. Among these was her second and last U.S. top 10 single, Love, Thy Will Be Done which also became a top 10 hit in the UK and reached number one in Australia. Uh, Love Thy Will Be Done started out as a prayer written by Martika and then Prince Prince changed it into a song. Her second album, Martika's Kitchen, peaked at number 111 on the Billboard Tops albums chart. 
The title track received only minor airplay in the U.S. and reached number 93 on Billboard's Hot 100 chart. But abroad, it was a bigger success, but not quite as successful as her debut. Uh, Further songs came out, Colored Kisses, Martika's Kitchen, Temptation, um, all of those came out. And here's the thing. Unlike Fergie, something happened to her. Uh, She faded from the public eye in 91, 1992, and she walked away from the music industry, and she just reportedly felt burned out and overwhelmed with the burden of fame, and we really, to my knowledge, we really haven't heard much from her since, if anything. Isn't that sad? It is. Now, the last piece of information that I read was that Martika is, of course, married and has at least one child with her husband, and they basically live in the suburbs somewhere in Ohio, um, because, you know, when you disappear from the public eye, you just go to um, ordinary public life and disappear into the. Yeah. You know, I totally respect that because living in the public eye and, and being in uh, the entertainment business is is just a hell of a lot of bullshit. Mm. And I. I take my hat off to her if she really said, you know what? I am fucking done with this because (laughs) this is bullshit. Uh, And if she is, and I hope she is, I hope you're right. I I hope she's living her best life uh, out there and maybe raising some kids. And I'd like to think that. You know, um, the the stars of Kids Incorporated were of a a certain generation that – almost mid 80s so of course um we didn't really discuss this part but what inspired kids incorporated was the mtv generation the kids that were probably watching this show or in the show were the younger siblings of those who were old enough to be watching things like headbangers ball on mtv and madonna and whatnot and so these these are kids that want to be pop stars because of MTV. Now, um, just a reference here, I grew up in a house with three older siblings. So I did not get everything I wanted. I sometimes got hand-me-downs. I had to save my allowance for months to buy my first CD player. I remember not having a CD player, and my parents did. I used to borrow CDs from the public library and record them onto cassettes because that's what I had to listen to. (laughs) But um, one of my first CDs I bought was actually Martika's Kitchen, and I remember... No kidding. Yeah, I remember blaring that from... My own bedroom, because there was enough difference in age that by the time we built, my dad built our last house, my brother had graduated. So I had my own room finally. 
I was just going to say, to this day, though, I wonder why someone like Martika, who was of Cuban descent, did not seek out her contemporaries. I would love to have seen a collaboration between her and someone like Gloria Stefan. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I get it. Uh, DJ, let's talk about another uh, little girl who came from Kids, Inc. Uh, and this uh, person is definitely a name known to this day uh, and has gained uh, fame and wide appeal. And that's Jennifer Love Hewitt. Tell us all about her. Okay, so Jennifer Love Hewitt, she joined the cast of Kids Incorporated in one of the later seasons. Now, it should be noted that Martika, being one of the older cast members at the time the show started, um, went through this thing that they call aging out on kids' television. So once they were in their teens... They were complicated because they were getting problems with their hormones, and we just write them off so we can continue talking about the happy things that, you know, are not controversial. So, Jennifer Love Hewitt, she was born in 79, bless her. She's a couple of years younger than me. Good and, Lord. <laughs> she's an American actress, but she's also a producer and a singer. She began her career as a child actress and singer, appearing in national television commercials before the cast of the Disney Channels, because they eventually bought it after the first two seasons were produced, Kids Incorporated. Now, she was on between 89 and 91, and she had her breakthrough as Sarah Reeves Martin on the Fox TV drama Party of I remember that. Yeah, ran for four seasons and rose to fame as a teen star for her role as Julie James in the horror films I Know What You Did Last Summer mm-hmm. and its 98 sequel, as well as her role as Amanda Beckett, no relation to Sam, in the teen comedy film Can't Hardly Wait, which came out in 98. Hewitt's other notable films include Heartbreakers in 01, The Tuxedo in 02, and the two Garfield live-action films in 06. Yeah, yeah, that's right, because Garfield was was animated, but but everybody else was live-action. Yeah, and I want to say Bill Murray did a voice for Garfield. I'm sorry. (laughs) Now, it's funny, the... um, the cartoon that was done in the 80s of the Ghostbusters yeah. was done by a voice actor who was impersonating Bill Murray. Oh. And later on, when the Garfield cartoon came out in the 80s, I thought that they had gotten Bill Murray to play him. It was just the actor that did Bill Murray's character in Ghostbusters, the uh, cartoon. Uh, ah, anyway. So, you know, impersonating. Anyway, so where were we here? Okay. Um, And then she starred as Melinda Gordon on the CBS supernatural drama Ghost Whisperer, which lasted five seasons. That's a good, healthy, long time. Yeah, from 2005 to 10. And then Riley and uh, Riley Parks on the Lifetime drama series Client List that ran a season. Special Agent Kate Callahan on the CBS crime drama Criminal Minds. <laughs> oh, my God. If you've gotten on one of them police procedurals, 
on TV, you've pretty much had it made. But uh, I don't know. Cr- Criminal Minds, maybe that wasn't their, I mean, I don't know. But only ran for one season. Mm. And uh, let's see. Since 2018, she was Maddie Buckley on the first or the Fox first responder procedural 911. Was that the Bill Shatner thing? Uh, or, I. Well, was that was it? that was Rescue 911. Rescue 911. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just remember the uh, the the early episodes of Rescue 911. Um people were mocking one of the, the, uh, you know, the emergency calls and it was the kid that got his tongue stuck in the freezer. So it was, my tongue is stuck in the freezer. (laughs) 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 So, uh, anyways, continuing about Jennifer Love Hewitt, she was nominated for the Golden Globe Award for Best Actress Miniseries or Television Film for the Client List Pilot Film in 2010. Now, in music, Hewitt has released four studio albums to date. And after her debut album, Love Songs, in 92, which was released at the age of 12, exclusively in Japan, she went on to record Let's Go Bang, a decidedly more adult title, in 95. Jennifer Love Hewitt, her self-titled album, in 96, and Bare Naked in 2002. Yeah. Now, the latter of which became her first album to chart in the United States. I wonder why. Peaking at number 37 on the Billboard 200 chart. And her most successful single on the Billboard Hot 100 chart was the 99 release, How Do I Deal? How do I deal? Yeah. And that peaked at number 59. Okay. Just, this will not come as a surprise to anyone who knows me. But I don't remember any of that. Okay. (laughs) Not me either. I mean, I was probably, um, you know, about to go to my third college in two years at the time. Um, Anyways, uh, peaked at number 59. Now, in addition to music and acting, Hewitt has served as a producer on some of her film and television projects. And she has appeared in several magazines lists of the world's most beautiful women. Yeah. And I want to say again... That 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 the, she I, I feel like I see her name and hear about her a lot even today, right? Oh yeah, she's still yeah. out there and in the headlines. So, folks, uh, there were uh, guest stars on our show tonight, Kids Incorporated. So I want to go through them, but DJ, I want to ask you to please cue up our applause sound effect. Could you do that? Okay, ringing it up here now. Get her ready. Let me know when it's ready. Oh, well, I will. I, I'm going to play it right now. No, no, don't play it yet. Oh, okay. Let, well, let me know when to play it. I'll give you the cue. Okay. I'll give you the cue when to play it. Okay. So they had some celebrities. I'm going to list them. Gwen Verdon. Kathy Johnson. Barry Williams, Florence Henderson. They were both from the Brady Bunch. Billy Blanks, who I think was a boxer or something. Then you know David Hasselhoff, John Franklin, Brian Bowman, Christian Hoff, Paul Rodriguez, Brian Robbins. But here's where I want you to play the applause. And Ruth Buzzy. Woo! Oh! 
The lady with the laughs. <coughs> wow. I think that's amazing. <coughs> Bruce Buzzy. I love it. <laughs> um, <coughs> there were also some uh, young, younger stars, Brittany Murphy, Scott Wolf, Audra Lee, R.J. Williams, Jason Hervey, and Jeff Cohen from Chunk. Uh, he was Chunk from the Goonies. So, DJ, I, I got to ask you, that this came along way after, I, I was just too old for this. Uh-huh. And I do wonder, since this came out in 84 at the height of um, MTV, mm-hmm. video music craze, I totally get why the show was created. And I wonder uh, how caught up in this you were. Well, I didn't have the Disney Channel. Now, in our chat room, um, friend of the show, V Money, has appeared. And we had a little discussion on, you know, did you watch this when it was out? Because, uh, well, he's a few years younger than myself. He caught it in reruns. But I, in fact, probably did not see this when it was first aired. Um, Of course, part of the history of... Kids Incorporated is that the first two seasons were produced and aired at various times because it was sold as a collection. It's what they call syndication. So whatever station bought a copy of it could decide when they're going to put it on because they need filler or what have you. But after the second season, um, a station called CBN, which I think stands for the Christian Broadcast Network, because it was wholesome, don't you know? Um, oh, yeah. They aired reruns of this, and it got so popular that the folks at the Mouse House, the Disney Channel, which I believe first launched on cable in 83, they decided we need to buy this because we have our own channel now, and we need to have our own show. So, that's how they, they, they frankly needed content. They did uh, kind of like TBS, Ted Turner, the guy who owns that Atlanta baseball team. He started his empire off by showing reruns and then he realized, well, I've got to ha- have some of my own original content. All right. So anyways, going back to your question there, I probably saw it on Disney Channel when it was in reruns. I did not actually have the Disney Channel because back in those days, kind of like now with streaming, you have to have this add-on and that add-on. Disney Channel was not in the budget for my family, but they had this nifty little thing that they used to do. At least once every few months, they would do what they called a free preview weekend. Oh, yeah, that's right. Free preview <laughs> weekends. <laughs> you don't hear about them anymore. Oh, uh, uh, sure. They had a little advertisement that ran across your screen, kind of like a sky riding airplane. And it said, you know, uh, please call your cable provider to order the Disney Channel now. This is a free preview weekend. So yeah. you know, if you recorded your favorite show on that weekend, you would know because that little crawler is what they call it was on there. Anyways, I watched uh, Kids Incorporated through the free preview weekend. Okay. Well, I, well, what I assume was part of the appeal oh, for, for the intended audience, what I assume is the appeal is that 
M- MTV was looming large, and uh, Kids Incorporated sort of helped the audience, kids, kind of fantasize about what it would be like to maybe be singing and and things like that. So to to kind of re-ask the question mm-hmm. I, I asked you first, did you have period at this time when MTV was looming large? Um, I'm just wondering, did you have a period where you fantasized a lot about, you know, being a video music star and singing and like, I don't know. I'm just curious. Well, um, point of fact, my older siblings did uh, sneak into the living room at night to watch MTV because my folks were conservative. So I guess maybe Kids Incorporated was something more appropriate for someone of my age to be watching. So I didn't have to ask if it was okay for me to sit down and watch these kids. And they were, of course, doing covers of popular songs. And for the most part, they tried to make sure they were the clean version of the song, which in more recent years, they call that kids bop when you make a clean version of a popular song. Okay. Uh, and uh, apparently, if you if you if you Google it, there were two or three examples of songs that slipped in under the wire. I couldn't tell you what they were, but um, yeah, I I mean I was one who um, was in band and choir in school, so they encouraged us to learn an instrument. And some of the pop culture from the '80s and '90s that I was going to mention that would have made a show like Kids Incorporated um, so appealing to kids is that there was a lot of portable technology becoming available to kids. And that included the availability of music through things like the Sony Walkman, which allowed you to play cassettes. Ah. You know, not LPs or 45s or 8-tracks, cassettes, and you could sit in study hall and listen to your pop artist. Well, they eventually made that even smaller, and they had little things called pocket rockers, which was basically Ah. the size of an answering machine tape. Uh, I'm holding my fingers up here for you on YouTube. I remember that. Those were around for a little while. Um, They they were actually made by Fisher-Price. They were so cheap, but... Um, one of the things that came out in the early nineties was something called hit sticks and that's with an X, but they were basically drum sticks that were hooked up to a little amplifier that you wore on your, your belt loop and they would make sound effects like you were playing the drums. Now, a lot of people think that you had to actually tap a surface for them, but no, they responded to being struck in midair and so it was like playing the air guitar, but with drumsticks. <laughs> uh, v Money in the chat room says, I remember I thought I was the coolest ever because I had a cassette player that had five buttons. I could program preset radio stations uh, on the outside and jam. Oh, well, um, a, a real quick flashback. I remember in school... It used to be a thing that kids would pick on each other because, of course, if your folks didn't have money uh, and you, you know, uh, weren't well off, you got the cheap things, the knockoff things. So you were set if you had 
a cassette player that was a a Sony Walkman because that's the brand name. And if your player had both rewind and fast forward, but some of the cheap ones, they only had one direction. So people would sit in study hall with a number two pencil into the spoke of a cassette because you would spin that thing around like you were playing sparklers for the 4th of July. Ah. It would rewind your tape. <laughs> that is absolutely true. I've done it a million times. Uh, it really is just interesting. Um, I'm glad you brought all those things up because just, you know, this is ephemera that has come and gone. It's technology that's come and gone. And uh, it's kind of nice to remember it every once in a while because I've forgotten all about all those goddamn things, <laughs> especially hit sticks. I do not, I barely remember hit sticks. Oh, and just real quick, another very strange thing that came out in the 90s. They have come up with ideas of how to repurpose everything and to make it a game. There was a plastic tube that was ridged, kind of like a dryer hose, if you will, but small, small enough to put a marble through. And and you'd, you'd twirl it around. Yes. They came up with the idea of how would you attach a, uh, a hose to your wrists and arms and whatnot and wrap it around you. And then you put a marble through it and you get to dance and they call it a tuba ruba. Okay, not what I was thinking of. Not that. Okay, <clears throat> wow, wow, DJ. <laughs> that was not what I was thinking of, but that's crazy that that was a thing. Anyways, it it really is interesting. Um, <clears throat> the the whole idea of of a kid show, um, that that featured them, and this is the way I understand that that it went. They'd have a choreographed uh, special song for themselves at the beginning and end and then in the middle they do cover songs like three cover songs or so and those cover songs would reflect whatever whatever they were dealing with in the episode because there was a bit of a story it was kind of a Ah, we're kids who sing and dance. And then we've got, you know, quote, real, unquote, lives. And we interact with each other. And it's a little bit like what we knew to be Glee uh, much later. Uh, where I, I mean, I think that's a, 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 a good equivalent, don't you think, Glee? Oh, yeah. I've, I've read that people are equating this to being the, the glee of the 80s. Yeah. So <clears throat> just very interesting <clears throat> that it that it hit upon uh, the, the, the kids that were probably watching MTV by the droves and, and just fantasizing. Oh, it'd be great. You know, I could sing like that and like just watching videos over and over. It was a real thing. Uh, I imagine, uh, because uh, like I say, I, I was too old for in, for any of this to make a mark on me, but, uh, but I can totally, totally get it and imagine it. Mm-hmm. 
Well, DJ, um, we're reaching the end, and I'm really curious uh-huh. about our snack tray recommendations oh. from from you, mm-hmm. and and that would be DJ uh, for people who liked uh, Kids Inc. Um, you know, what would you recommend as something similar or something akin? I can't. I can't wait to hear what oh, you. Oh well, it's interesting you ask that because. Part of the history of Kids Incorporated, as we were saying, after its second season, it got picked up by the Mouse House, who just launched their own station three years before. And, um, oh, about uh, three, four years after that, Kids Incorporated had a little bit of competition. They, in fact, aired Kids Incorporated back-to-back often, with a little thing the Disney Channel called the all-new Mickey Mouse Club because it had been probably 15 to 20 years since they had tried to follow up the act of folks like uh, Frankie and Annette. And uh, this version of the Mickey Mouse Club, the all-new Mickey Mouse Club, uh, started in 89, and it launched the careers of such pop stars that are still active to this day, as Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera, who you know, who's been a uh, a a, um, a judge on uh, The Voice, that talent show lately, and Justin Timberlake, so they had three, well, four breakout stars from the '89 Disney Channel All New Mickey Mouse Club. That's my yeah. recommendation. So, uh, in my research, <clears throat> I caught an interview with. Uh, um, the guy that that portrayed the kid, he was the black guy on the black boy on uh, Kids Incorporated, mm-hmm. and he's being interviewed, and he's like, I don't know, in his thirties or forties or something. By the way, very handsome man. Anyways, he talked about how uh, Disney Channel, you know, got Kids Incorporated, and they played it back to back with. The Mickey Mouse Club, which is kind of, kind of the same thing, and he he tells, you know, some amusing stories about how the people with Mickey Mouse Club and the people with, you know, Kids Inc. felt very competitive of each other, <laughs> and they, uh, you know. It was a thing, you know, between them. Like, oh, who's got the best show? Anyways, I, I found that amusing. <laughs> um, and just to point out, um, the name of that actor was, well, he, he acted in Kins Incorporated. I want to say he's either a uh, a music writer or a lyricist this day, these days. Rasan Peterson, or, or sorry, Rasan Patterson was his name. Now, also to your point, though, Toppy, uh, it was compared that on Kids Incorporated, the character the actors were playing characters that were not their own names but on the mickey mouse club those people actually got to be themselves oh you're right <laughs> you're right uh that was that was actually something that the kid uh you just gave his name i'm sorry oh um, rasan patterson okay that is a, actually something he he mentioned. He said the difference between the shows was that the Mickey Mouse Club were they were just themselves, but but 
the actors and singers of Kids Incorporated, they, they were portraying other characters. They were they were not themselves, and he, he distinguished uh, the two. Uh, anyways, uh, thanks for that uh, recommendation, DJ, the all-new Mickey Mouse Club. My recommendation is if you liked uh, Kids, Inc., I'm, I'm going to take you way, way back. <laughs> way back. Uh, oh, goodness. Uh, to when, Top, when Toppy was in study hall? <laughs> no, way before study hall. Oh, Jesus, way before study hall. Uh, it's a show called Zoom. And it was on PBS, uh, People That Brought You Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, and at the time, uh, uh, Sesame Street. <clears throat> Zoom was a half-hour educational television program created almost entirely by children and it ran from 1972 which is when i started watching it to february 1978 i don't think i was watching it all the way until then i think i kind of grew out of it and it was originated out of boston from wgbh tv and uh it, it was basically the, the way the, the, the adults that created it said, we want to give kids a chance to do their things unscripted without adults on the set. So there were no adults. They were all kids. And they, um, they it was kind of reality TV a little in that it was unscripted. And these, there were about seven kids, and they were called Zoomers, and they would present various activities and games and plays and poems and recipes and jokes and movies and science experiments. <clears throat> and a lot of it was such, suggested by viewer uh, contributions. And they would also have <clears throat> informal chats on subjects that were very serious, like hospital, school, family, and prejudice. And they called those Zoom Raps. And each episode ended with a choreographed, uh, a full choreographed song uh, and, and written song performed by the cast. Now, <clears throat> the interesting thing about this was that the producers were very, very, very protective of their young talent. And they did not want these kids to break out into Hollywood or anything else, no matter how famous they became, because they they didn't want they were they were innocent children who got cast locally out of Boston and, and the producers did not want to take advantage of them. I really respect them for this. And they, in their contract, said, sorry, you, you can't appear in anything else for like three years from when you end your contract with Zoom. And it was because they just didn't want them to rush off into the nightmare of Hollywood. And these were really talented kids. And I ran across a friend of mine 
who was who hailed from Boston at one time, and he said, "Oh my God, yeah, it's all any of us wanted when we were in school was to be a Zoom kid and to be casted as a Zoom kid. It's what everyone wanted. They all fantasized about it. Anyways." That's a really long way of me saying mm-hmm. what I remember way back then was Zoom. And it was kids singing and doing other stuff. And then they had a full-blown production at the end. And that's what I remember. So that's what I recommend. I don't even know where you can catch it, folks. Except mm-hmm. I suspect it must be on YouTube Mm-hmm. I don't know, but that's that's my recommendation. If there's any way you can see it, I still remember Zoom, and I still remember the song that was played on every Zoom episode that had the address that you could send in your suggestions. And so I, to this day, remember the Boston area code because it was sung all the time and it was the last part of a song and it went oh two one three four (laughs) the end i'm sorry yeah fun fact i've lived in five states and zip codes get higher as you go west so zeros on the east nines in the west i did not know that sir Mm -hmm. and uh, they get to about five around um, the Mississippi and places like uh, Minnesota and whatnot. But the same is true of um, people's social security numbers. Social security numbers are lower in the East versus the West. Well, that's just fine then. Mm. Yeah, I'm not going to be jealous. No. Uh, So, um, you know, Gertie is starting to take off her leg warmers, so we better... Uh, skedaddle because I'd rather not be here for the big reveal Um, if you could reach up there on the shelf for us and get that bag of coins so we can figure out what's coming up next all right we better do it now here we go here's the coins okay putting that in the machine yay pop out ew there's the capsule I'm going to read the little thingy that's in this capsule. Here we go. All right. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe it. Uh, Folks, next time on Matinee Minutia, the Earth is embroiled in a desperate war against alien invaders. And this series focuses on one squadron of Marine pilots involved in it. This series aired on Fox for only one season in 1995. But it was nominated for two Emmy Awards and one Saturn Saturn Award. Uh, Next time, folks, it's space above and beyond on Matinee Minutia. Uh, It's coming your way Friday, February 16th at the usual time, 9 p.m. Hey, and you know, that's a couple of days after Valentine's Day, so you could stuff your pie hole with some discounted chocolate and join us for a talk about a 90s one-season wonder that 
Fox canceled because, you know, they're so good at canceling sci-fi shows that run <laughs> on season. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I'm real curious about this. Looking forward to watching it. Yeah. Okay, folks. Um, thank you for joining us. And, um, well, if you want to, you can gander over the balcony there, Toppy, and let us know who's oh, in yeah. this. I really want to thank V Money 7707, uh, who is uh, here often at Matinee Minutia, for just uh, accompanying us and listening live. All, uh, very much appreciated. And also uh, Lamont Cranston, Cranston for stopping by. Uh, we really appreciate it when uh, you support us as we're doing this live. And by the way, we do do this live. And D- DJ, how do people uh, listen live? All right. So uh, you can drop on over to Matinee Minutia, and that's M A T I N E E two E's, Minutia, M I U M I N U T I A E dot com. It's a nightmare, folks, to spell yeah. it. I mean, if you spell it wrong, you're not going to get there and you'll probably figure it out. Uh, but once you are there, there's the little YouTube icon because, you know, uh, we sometimes have fun with outfits. I'm wearing an 80s uh, hairband here. And, you uh, certainly are. I'm I'm tilting into the 90s with my, um, you know, monochrome patterns here. Um, but yes, on YouTube, you can check us out. And you can also, of course, participate in the most modern way in that little chat room experience called Discord. You know, the one that's so popular with the kids that play those games together where they talk to each other and, you know, let's be a team. So that's Discord, folks. So, all right. Well, um, you know, Gertie has uh, put on her slippers and uh, she's she's long gone, DJ. (laughs) She is long gone. I hate to tell you. Oh, and I I'm sorry, but that was not her perfume we were smelling. Oh dear. Oh god. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And if you would say goodnight in the ways of the old days of radio. I'd be delighted. Oh, good night, Gracie. Thank you for listening to Matinee Minutia. Our show streams live on the first and third Friday of the month. Go to matineeminutia.com, click the YouTube icon for live video, enter Discord or chat. You can find our show anywhere you listen to podcasts. Visit our webpage at matineeminutia.com. Tweet us on Twitter at Matinee Minutia. Find our group on Facebook. Have an idea for a show? Or why not let us know how we're doing? Email us at matineeminutia at gmail.com. 